Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Hello everybody and welcome back to the channel. Today we're going to be looking at something that I've wanted to look into for quite a while now. Of course I wouldn't be a Zelda tuber without buying every single one of the official Nintendo Zelda lore books. And out of these books we have the Breath of the Wild specific volume. And I'm sure that you've heard this from many different creators before, but this book houses some of the coolest secrets in Breath of the Wild's development, both art and gameplay wise. So today I want to talk about 5 unused Breath of the Wild concepts or ideas that could very well make a return in the next game. Who knows just how much of this stuff they actually had developed and ready for the game and then just kind of scrapped. And of course we may never even know those exact details, but this is all besides the point. What I need to discuss with you today are some extremely cool ideas with a ton of potential that could return. I'm going to try and leave out a lot of the bigger unused concepts that I feel some of you might have heard from numerous other YouTubers videos. For example, something like the Minish Cap concept or Link's family in general won't be in this video, though there is one extremely popular unused idea that I have to talk about since it would be my dream. Now with this elongated intro finally over and done with, it's time to get into 5 unused concepts or ideas that could be in the next Zelda game. Now the first idea that I'd like to talk about is the popular one, so it's out the way since I could go on about this for an absolute age if I was given the option. The Guardians were all made from ancient Sheikah tech. All variants of the Guardians, the Stalkers, Scouts, Skywatchers, Turrets, Sentries, they were all made in ancient times with Sheikah technology. On a first playthrough of Breath of the Wild, or really even during the early stages of any playthrough of the game, you can be met with something of a terrifying sight and an audio alert. One second you're trying to relax and explore Hyrule so that you can take a photo of a Hyrule herb for your gallery of items. And suddenly you're met with the bright orange glow and red laser of a guardian stalker crawling towards you on all six legs, easily coming at you at the pace of a car. This fear is then amplified when you're destroyed in one shot by the guardian. This can of course be terrifying on a first time through. Along with these monstrosities were even bigger mechanical beasts that were simply named the Divine Beasts. They were used in the Calamity 10,000 years prior, and while they clearly didn't do everything correctly in the Hero of Wilds time period, they used to be the saviors of the land. Now what if I told you that Breath of the Wild's mechanical spiders formerly named the Guardians could have really turned out to be colossal animals from the real world that could easily deter people from playing the game entirely? Well, here are some original concept arts of the Guardians that we know and don't really love all that much from back when the game was in development. First up is the stick insect on screen now. I don't wish to talk about this for long since I don't think it embodies anything of what the Guardians were really like were going for at all in the end but it seems interesting to see the process. It seems that this idea was scrapped very early on though, as it doesn't seem to have any size comparison to go along with it. But it is safe to say that seeing that survey the land of Hyrule would have been truly haunting. Next up, and possibly much more frighteningly, would be the giant crab. Now this one does have a size comparison sketch to link up next to it, and it's terrifying to think that a giant crab in an alternate timeline could have looked down on Hyrule and stepped on numerous buildings to get to the hero. It seems that its main combat mechanism would have been that of the claws that most crabs possess, and honestly, with this guardian in particular, I have no clue at all how the player could have attacked it. Perhaps slashing at the legs would have been the only way, and there is no doubting that this would have made a truly terrifying foe. Taller still would have been this giant beast of a thing. I'm not even sure what I can really call this. I honestly think this might be one of the most out there designs for an enemy in Zelda. Perhaps there's a couple more, but this is haunting. 
two giant legs, and two more giant dangling limbs that I believe are arms, I think. I believe that there's a size comparison here, but I'm not sure since it seems to be pointing at the previous crab. But if the Link model is supposed to be scaling the enemy, then this was the largest of all of the sketches, at least height-wise anyway. And apart from a similar system to the Hinox in which you could climb on its hand, I can't see a way in which you could attack this foe. This giant skull with a beard is scary to look at at best and could give people nightmares at worst. Just imagine it following you through the water on your way to Eventide Island. The final sketch and the one I featured on the thumbnail is the one that most resembles a final guardian in my opinion and also could probably be the scariest one depending on who's looking at it. A spider-like creature with tons of eyes and hair spanning in all directions. This rushing towards you while you're trying to relax in Breath of the Wild would have been hair-raising to say the least. To attack the opposition here, I'd expect that you'd climb on the hair and destroy eyeballs on the top of the, each guardian, and probably shoot arrows at eyeballs on each side. The look of this monster and the sheer width and height of it would have made it a great foe. If we could get a sincerely dark sequel to Breath of the Wild in the underground, we could definitely see at least one of these scarier ideas maybe come back, as these insects or animals tend to live in caves anyway, barring like the crabs and the thing we talked about earlier. <laughs> So it's very much plausible, and something that I would welcome to the next game in a heartbeat. From now on I'll happily say that the rest of these are much smaller ideas or concepts, especially this next one. So here's a smaller one before we get into slightly bigger territory in a second, almost like a transition idea. Anyway, I've talked about this before briefly, but Skyward Sword issued the player with the Paraglider. Of course this sort of idea was done in the past with Wind Waker and the Deku Leaf, but Skyward Sword didn't use it in the same way at all. Instead, it was just used to safely land after jumping from your loft wing or just really jumping in general to a lower area. So seeing the exact paraglider from Skyward Sword being used in a Zelda U demo gameplay back from 2014 with Miyamoto and Aonuma is a very fun concept to me. It could mean something that's way bigger for the story overall and how it ties to Skyward Sword, but I think even having something like gliders be a pickup so that you can customise which glider you want to use whilst playing the game would have been quite cool. This is a little bit of a nitpick, but I must admit that I have grown kind of tiresome of looking at the same glider from Breath of the Wild, and I think the option of customising your glider would be kind of nice. Technically this is just speculation on my part and not a fully fledged unused idea, but maybe they were just reusing assets from the previous game which does seem likely as we'll talk about later on, but I digress and will say that this could have been the reusing of assets or perhaps there really was something bigger there that may even spread over into Breath of the Wild's sequel since gliding was such an integral part of the original game's gameplay. I'm gonna stop beating a dead horse, as graphic and gross as that metaphor is, and we'll just get straight onto the, my point this time. I don't like Breath of the Wild's dungeons, but I actually really enjoyed the variety that the shrines offered, even if they did still resolve around the same theme of the Sheikatek in reality. So imagine my surprise when I'm searching through the Creating a Champion book for this very video and I stumble across a page that seems to be showing me exactly what I would like to see with different colours and variety within the shrines to truly make me just like them that little bit more than I already do. Something that actually looks very reminiscent of something akin to the Tower of Gods from Wind Waker or really the Ancient Cistern's topside from Skyward Sword. And while these themes wouldn't have fit with the aesthetic that the game ended up going for as a finished product, there is always that little side of me that wonders what this one concept actually could have turned out to show us. There's a ton of arguments here to say that this concept art shouldn't even be in the list, it's still a concept of something that we were given in the main game. But as sad as it may be, even a change of themes in concept art makes me wonder on the next game. I mean, what if every single shrine has a different identity? How could they do that? Truly, I don't really know. I can only come up with a handful of themes really, but this one graphic gave me a taste of something 
that really could be in the sequel if they did listen to the feedback, and if they hope to include the style of dungeon that the shrines give to us in the original game. A Tower of Gods or Ancient System equivalent in Breath of the Wild form would be stunning to look at. So this is a much larger idea that I really must formulate into its own video one day, and I feel like I've said that a lot in the past. But since we're nearing the closing stages of this video, I'll keep this brief and give my own speculation, along with these quotes and such. So a nice little note on this page in particular was seen at the very bottom right. It seems fairly hidden away considering how much could have been done with these ideas, so let's look at them. One states that you could cheek nuzzle the horse which would have been an excellent little touch in my opinion. They would be allowed to eat items and there's even a small note about drinking water with that. It would shake after being in water in fact, which they might actually do but I can't remember from the top of my head. The horses could pop their heads through windows to check on Link, which is an adorable little touch I must say. They could sway in time with some music, this also hints that the game might have been more instrumentally based at one point. They could also eat tree branches, it's weird to me that the Zelda team wouldn't just put this in the eating bit, but never mind. They really wanted to just see horses eat tree branches, huh? <laughs> Finally the horses could run with Link and Winnie, which they kinda actually do. Now the funny thing about all of this is that it is common knowledge in the Zelda community that Breath of the Wild sequel seems to be leaning into Red Dead Redemption 2 for inspiration in the gameplay department, and horses were an absolutely vital part of Red Dead Redemption 2, and they could pretty much do everything stated here. This just seems like further evidence that mounts will get a complete overall in the next game. And I'm kind of surprised that I've not heard many others talk about this section in the book. For me, it's honestly exciting that a horse-like opponent could play a part not only in the gameplay but also in the story. A Zelda game where you could have a totally seen emotional connection with your horse would be amazing, and something I'd love in Breath of the Wild too. Now let's end off this little video adventure by talking about dungeons a little more again. Instead of talking about concept ideas this time, I'd rather talk about the drawings and the little changes with sketches of the Divine Beast looks before the game had been fully developed, and before they had the final designs drawn. There is a giant chance that none of these dungeon designs make it into the next game at all, but I think that if the designs were on the team's board before, then who's to say that they won't look back and decide to utilise them in future? I mean, it even happened in the case of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. But just have a look at the designs that are currently scrolling down your screen. We have the first four that are said to be the rough design sketches that turned out to be the origin of each of the Divine Beasts that we were given at the end of the game's development. Varuta and Varnaboris seem to go through minimal changes really, apart from the fact that they look way more steampunk-like in these sketches. Varmedo and Varudania went through some pretty big changes, and the funny thing is, I actually really like Varmedo's design way more. But never mind, just a quick observation for me. More interestingly is these six designs that were never really even added to the game, and a few of these might just inspire the sequel. The crab doesn't seem very likely, though looking at all of these designs, it seems that crabs were very much in the team's mind. They just couldn't fit them in as an enemy or a beast, so that's unfortunate, and I'd really love to see something with that design in the future. There's a couple of water-based beasts, and seriously, if the Stingray one in particular was used, I would have lost my mind, and honestly, I do believe that underwater exploration will play a part in the next game. So perhaps this design may be used in future. Really, who knows? This is just all speculation after all, but I do love the designs. The Stingray in particular has an extreme amount of potential. There's a couple of other ones, and I'm not sure which animals they both resemble, but they also look extremely cool, but would be extremely hard to make in-game, I'd expect. Finally, and most interestingly for most people, is the spaceship-looking beast that seems to have been a runner-up for the air-themed dungeon. And this could play into the idea that they wanted Ganondorf to fly into the sky with Hyrule Castle in the sequel. And at the moment, this all seems to be playing into the hands of the next game perfectly. While the design itself may not be used, 
I still think that it may have inspired the next game in some way. Thank you all so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed then please do like and subscribe as it helps me out an absolute ton. And tell me down in the comments which one of these concepts you'd like to see inside of Breath of the Wild 2 because I'd have a tough time deciding, I'll be honest. You can see some amazing people on screen right now, and Sumji is the coolest of them all, and is the absolute lord. So if you'd like to join everyone on screen, then please check my Patreon, and you can pledge for just £1 a month or $1.50, and join those names. What an amazing deal! If you'd like to see that, then check the link in my description. Along with that link is the link to my Twitch, Twitter, Discord, and Instagram. Now thank you for listening to that episode, if you enjoyed it please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode, and don't forget to check out my YouTube channel of course, there's loads of Zelda content waiting for you, just search Triforce Trends. Thank you for listening.